Welcome listeners to the latest edition of J-O-E-M-C's Flipping the Switch. We've got a great show for you this episode. We've got uh, a little bit shorter than normal, but uh, cognizant of your time. How about that? Uh, I know you're busy. Everyone's busy with the holidays. Great show. We've got, uh, first up, we've got Crystal Phillips talking to crew foreman Eric, Eric Brown about car accidents, down power lines, safety, and just exactly what our crews go through in the process to restore power during a car outage, uh, but to restore it as quickly, safely as possible uh, in just the steps. After that, we'll have the What's Happening section around the co-op. And then finally, we'll end up with uh, Linda Mathiason talking to Energy Service Representative T.J. Smith. And they'll be talking about easy, low-cost ways that you can save energy uh, around your home this winter and upcoming uh, holiday season. So with that, let's start flipping the switch. Well, we are now at a new portion of Flipping the Switch. We're going to talk some safety and power restoration. And we have Eric Brown, one of our uh, crew foremen here at Jones Onslow. And um, Eric, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and your background here at Jones Onslow? Uh, thank you for letting me be here. I'm Eric Brown and originally from Richlands, North Carolina. Uh, come up on January. I'll be here at Jones Onslow for 19 years. Wow. Um. I started out in the meter reading department and moved to the line program pretty quickly and uh, became a foreman just over a year ago. Well, congratulations. I know you've had quite a journey through 19 years. Over the past few years, you've seen lots of changes and unusual situations. Has something happened recently that stands out that kind of seems like an unsafe situation? Oh, yeah. Uh, you see things all the time, but the most recent is um, we had a broke pole. Middle of the night, you would think that wouldn't be nobody around. I know I wouldn't uh, be. So we arrive on the scene, and it's like a 45-minute ride from, from the house. This is at 1, 2 in the morning. And I arrive on the scene, and there is just people everywhere, you know, bystanders, people that rode by, people involved with accident. And the lines are hanging above the road, maybe 18 inches off the ground. And I see people just crisscrossing, stepping over the line. Even one lady particularly was holding her newborn baby and just stepping over the fence like it was a hot fence at the Mm -hmm. cow pasture. So, um, you know, in these situations, you have to be kind of stern and and get the the public away. Let them know the dangers that every every fallen line is considered dangerous at all points. So um, just clearing the scene and and seeing them do that was very, very nerve-wracking. I would imagine. So first of all, I certainly would not be up at one thirty in the morning if I didn't have to be. So thank you, Eric, for rushing to the scene at one thirty in the morning to get there to make sure the power is restored to folks. But, you know, that accident brings up lots of different topics for discussion. So let's start with if you were a passenger in a car and it was involved in an accident that had a light pole that was struck, damaged or collapsed, what should you do? First and foremost, stay away from any down lines at all. Um, if the lines are on your vehicle, the safest place to stay is inside the vehicle. Um, unless other dangers arise, of course, if the vehicle is going to catch on fire or, you know, the 
EMS is wanting you to exit because of other dangers that may arise. You know, if you do exit a vehicle, um, jump from your vehicle, and there's there's a thing called step potential. So to get away from these down lines and reduce the risk of being uh, shocked or electrocuted would be you would either bunny hop. Mm-hmm. I've seen you do that before. Okay. You could jump from one leg to the other, alternating legs, or simply just shuffle your feet. At, just don't let your feet separate and touch the ground at the same time. That puts you in two different potentials if the ground is become energized from the lines. So that's just a way to exit the vehicle and separate yourself from the lines that have fallen. I think that's a great safety tip for everybody to know because we certainly don't want to have an accident like that occur. But if it does, it's good to know that advice. Absolutely. Um, so now we kind of talked about that. We have we think about this victim. Should we do what should we do once they're either out of the car or safely in the car and you guys arrive at the scene? I know there are some steps that you guys have to do to right. secure the area. What once, do you do? Once we make sure the scene is safe and, and we had, we, first of all, we've got to take control of the situation and the, and the scene right then. Um, you know, of course, there's probably going to be some first responders that beat us to the scene as far as EMS or fire. Um, but also, we, we need to take control of the situation because we have down lines. So the, there's five steps we have to follow before we can even begin working on these lines and we have the proper PPE to touch it with mm-hmm. that's personal protective equipment. Um, so the five steps are we identify the line and, and where it's feeding from. We isolate the line from the source. We tag the line on the pole that it, we isolate it from. So other workers that may be coming to help us know we're on the scene working on that line. Um, then we have to test the line for voltage. Once we realize there's no voltage on the line, we then ground the line mm-hmm. with personal grounds on both sides of the work zone. This is what keeps us, the worker, safe and the public. So at this time would be when you could enter the site and retrieve your personal belongings or your vehicle from the crash site. Now, if listeners are kind of curious about what the five steps look like, they can visit our social media pages. We'll have a video up. And you can see Eric showing you exactly what it looks like when they tag a pole and they're going through those steps. I think that would kind of sometimes visualizing that is it makes it a little bit easier. Now, those five steps sound very important, but the next steps are probably really important to those folks in their home without power. What happens after the scene's cleared for reentry and you've done those five steps? We, we begin work on repairing the power or the broken pole um, and it's, it's a lot of cleanup from there on out. Sometimes this could, depending on the structure, this could be an hour fix or it could be multiple hours. Um, just for instance, like we talked about a while ago, this, this accident was up in Jones County. Mm-hmm. So from our warehouse, that's a good hour ride. So as we arrive on the scene and figure out what structures actually broke, we relay the information back to our dispatch and they find help in town they then have to come into our warehouse, load poles, load trucks and material, and also drive to us. So that's, you know, by the time I get to the scene, that's a 40, 45 minutes. Right. Figure out what we got right from the get-go. I have them five steps to take care of. Right. To make sure the scene is safe. Then I can relay back what we actually need to repair. So that's going to be another hour or two to actually get that material back to us at that distance. So you're talking three, four hours later looking for your power to come back on. So it's a long process, but people need to be, you know, thoughtful about how it all right, works because exactly. there are steps that you have to follow. Yes, ma'am. 
So victims of the accident are always top priority, like we've discussed. But it also sounds like there are times that the passerbys and spectators are out and appear at the scene. What advice do you have for those folks? I know most people come by and they're, you know, when's our power going to be restored and, and what happened and this, that, and the other. But um, just just staying clear of the area and let us do our jobs. And this is going to be more proficient to get the power back on in a quicker, timely manner. And, you know, as a foreman out there or anybody that's on that call, we've got so much on our mind already in, in safety aspects. We've got guys in the bucket working. We've got, you know, potential lines that could become energized. We've got lines that are energized and traffic, you know, pedestrians. So we've got so much on our mind. The last thing we really need is one more question of, you know, when is it going to be restored? Just just assure that we are working as fast and as and diligently as we can to get this repaired. That's right. I think that is great advice. And so, Eric, thanks so much for being on the podcast with us today. Thank we you for really, me. oh gosh, we're glad to have you. And you know, I think it's a great insight for our listeners to understand that when their power goes out, Eric's power might be out at his house too, and he's jumping up at the middle of the night to make sure he can answer the call that your power in your home is restored at a safe and a reliable way. And we really appreciate that we have such an amazing crew of employees out there to serve our members each and every day. So thanks again, Eric. Thank you. Extreme weather can cause your heating system to work overtime during the winter. This can increase your bill when you aren't expecting it. But with our budget billing option, you won't need to worry about surprises. Budget billing allows you to spread your costs out equally throughout the year. You pay the same amount each month for 11 months. The account is evened up on the 12th month with a final payment billed or a credit applied. And this service comes with no fees and no charges. With budget billing, you'll be saying no to surprises and yes to stress-free budgeting and peace of mind. Learn more at joemc.com under Customer Service, Billing and Payment Options. Member-focused, service-driven. That's our co-op. It's the holiday season, and the first thing that comes to most of our minds is lots of food and family gatherings. But here at JOMC, it's all, it also means another edition of What's Happening. So let's get started. First, with food in my mind, let's head to the kitchen. It's undeniably one of the most loved rooms in our home. It's where we gather with family and friends for our favorite meals and memories, But, like most of us, you probably aren't considering saving energy when planning that perfect dish. Here are four ways to save energy in the kitchen with minimal effort. First, when possible, cook with small appliances. Using smaller kitchen appliances like slow cookers, toaster ovens, and convection ovens is more energy efficient than using your large stove or oven. Unplug appliances that draw phantom energy loads. Appliances like your toaster, coffee maker, microwave, or toaster oven are the top offenders of phantom energy use. Consider unplugging or adding a power strip to flip off the appliances when not in use. Next, help large appliances work less. There are small ways you can help your large kitchen appliances run more efficiently. For example, keep range top burners clean from spills and fallen food to reflect heat better. When it's time to put leftovers in the refrigerator, make sure the food is covered and allowed it to cool 
and allow it to cool down first. That way, the fridge doesn't have to work harder to cool warm food. And lastly, use your dishwasher efficiently. Only run full loads and avoid using the rinse hold function on your machine for just a few dirty dishes. It uses three to seven gallons of hot water in each use. By slightly adjusting a few of your habits in the kitchen, you'll be well on your way to saving energy. Okay, so now that I've talked about the kitchen and food and I'm hungry, let's shift gears and let's talk about a program that I think uh, will benefit that could benefit a lot of us. In fact, I'm on it. Let's talk about budget billing. Let us help you take the surprise out of your monthly electric bill with budget billing. Budget billing allows you to spread your cost out equally throughout the year. You pay the same amount each month for 11 months, and the account is evened up on the 12th month with a final payment billed or credit applied. And this comes with no fees and no charges. With budget billing, you'll say no to surprises and yes to stress-free budgeting and peace of mind. Learn more by visiting our webpage, jomc.com, and clicking on the Customer Service tab. Finally, once the turkey is settled and you have signed up for budget billing, considering supporting our local small businesses on Small Business Saturday, November 26th. You can even save a bit when using your Co-op Connections card when, when you shop local. Simply show your Co-op Connections card or use the mobile app and save money when shopping at participating Co-op Connection businesses. Learn more by going to jomc.com backslash your hyphen cooperative hyphen member hyphen engagement. Or you can just go to jomc.com and do a search for Co-op Connections. How about that? And that's what's happening. Happy Thanksgiving to all, and I hope you enjoy the time with friends and family. The holidays can be a busy and expensive time. Between finding gifts, cooking meals, and planning family activities, your schedule and your wallet can be stretched thin. JOEMC offers ways to help you reduce energy use, saving you money during the holidays and all year. Simply visit joemc.com or download our mobile app for energy-saving solutions like home energy calculators and ways to monitor your usage. Member-focused, service-driven. That's our co-op. The summer sun seems to have finally realized that it is no longer August and that it is almost December, which means old man winter is right around the corner and he generally brings colder temperatures. And with that, we will be cranking up our thermostats to keep warm. And we all know that turning up our thermostats can bring higher electric bills. So I'm here today with TJ Smith, our energy service representative, and he's going to tell us five easy and pretty much no-cost ways you can save a little energy, which can equate to lower electric bills. So take it away, TJ. Thank you for having me, Linda. Glad to be here. So, TJ, like I said, we have five easy ways that our members can save energy. And the first one is how can they enjoy cozy savings besides curling up under a blanket? In order to be comfortable in the house, Linda, the membership needs to be comfortable with what their personal comfort levels are. Um, Recommended settings throughout the fall and wintertime is 68 to 70 degrees. But then again, we don't want you to freeze. But keep in mind that for every degree that we can turn the thermostat back, we can save approximately 1%. So if we turn it back three degrees, we can save 3%. And that's going to be up to us as how we want to run the home. 
But just do keep in mind that if we are going to scale back on the thermostat, when it comes time to where we may need to increase the temperature in the house, depending on the outdoor temperatures, we don't want to go over two degrees at the time so we can keep those heat strips from coming on. So if I have my thermostat set at 68 degrees and I'm cold, I should only go up to 70 degrees, let the house get to 70 degrees. Then if I'm still cold, bump it up another degree or two. Is that correct? Correct. For every two degrees, if we exceed that two degrees, we're going to automatically bring up the heat strips. Which means higher electric bills, a lot higher electric bills, correct? Yes, ma'am. All right. Now, TJ, this time of year, we are decorating our houses for the holidays. We have a lot of holiday lights, whether it be outside the home or on our Christmas tree. What is an easy way members can save money there? Two different types of of ways to save right there, Linda. Um, We're in 2022. Incandescent lighting is becoming a thing of the past. This LED lights. If we could decorate with LED lights and if we could put them on a timer, that would help tremendously. Okay, and then we have Old Man Winter knocking at our door. How can we keep him out? Well, in order to keep him out, um, we need to take in and evaluate our windows and our doors. If we've got a draft around any of the windows, weather stripping or caulking would be suffice. Uh, If we've got a draft around our doors, we may want to just add a sweep underneath to keep, if it's at the bottom, we can add a a door sweep and, and keep that draft out. And these are actually simple tips that um, our members can do themselves. They don't have to hire anybody to do this. No, it's pretty much DIY. Nice. Something you can do on Saturday morning. Yes, ma'am. All right. And let's be a little grinchy this time of year, TJ. Tell me something about that. So how can we be a little grinchy around the holidays with our hot water? Um, With the hot water heater, recommended settings is 120 degrees. Um, I wouldn't suggest that being a DIY. I may would contact an electrician or a plumber um, just in case you're not a handy man or do-it-yourselfer. Uh, standard electrician or plumber could take care of that for you, but I wouldn't set it any more than 120 degrees. And I have read to, correct me if I'm wrong, that by setting it at about 120 degrees, I mean, you can save between 4 and 22% energy annually, depending on what you have originally set at, correct? Yes, ma'am, correct. And also taking shorter showers and using cold water in the laundry is also another way they can save a little money. Absolutely. Cold water is not going to mess up any of the laundry. <laughs> Though we like to think we have to use hot water all the time, don't we? <laughs> we like to think so, but it's not necessarily so when it comes to the laundry. Okay. Great great tip there, TJ. And then let's see. We have our last tip. Um, we're doing a lot of holiday cooking. So we have seasons eatings. What is a simple way or two that we can save energy in the kitchen? Um, it all depends on what we've got going on, what we're cooking. Um, if it's something that's already pre-baked and just needs heating up, let's use our microwaves instead of the oven. If we are going to use our ovens, if we have enough room, depending on the size of the oven, we might be able to do multiple items at one time instead of doing one at the time. Um, if we're able to do multiple items, it's going to cut down on the time that that resistant heat's running for that oven heating element. And therefore, it's going to save on our electric bill. And also, we can use our slow cookers and our Instapots that are becoming really popular now. Yes, air fryers as well. Yes, nice. Well, TJ, that was five ways, but actually, I just thought of a sixth way. Um, you can have fun um, saving energy, actually. And don't forget to check out our Energy Center tab at JOMC.com, and you can actually have fun with our free energy savings calculators. And you might just be surprised how much that old refrigerator is costing you. 
And when you find out what it's costing you, remember, it's not too late for Santa to put a new refrigerator underneath your Christmas tree this year. That's correct. And also remember to change that air filter every month. Every month. Every month. Every 30 days. If you, anytime you get a bill from Jones Onslow, go change the air filter in your air return. To keep that unit serviced. Well, TJ, with that said, I'm going to go change my filter now. Thank you. Thank you, Linda. <laughs> Have a great holiday. You too. Thanks. Downed power lines are a hazard that often come from high winds. Member safety is important, so it is crucial when there is a downed power line to know some important tips. If you see a downed power line, move away from it and anything touching it. The ground around the power lines may be energized up to 35 feet. You cannot tell whether a power line is energized just by looking at it. Assume all downed lines are live and call us immediately. Get more power line safety tips at joemc.com. Well, folks, that'll do it for this episode of Flipping the Switch. Until next time, if you don't currently follow us on Facebook, Instagram, or any of our other social media channels, consider doing so. It's the best way to keep informed about what's going on with your cooperative. Thanks again.